Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to our show. Good people. Welcome. By the way, I don't want to discriminate bad people. Welcome to our show as well. Anyone who want to learn more about SEO, welcome. And I'm so excited to discuss about SEO, how you can learn SEO fast with Nathan Goch. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, big pleasure. Once I check out your story on LinkedIn, you shared post about your journey when you started SEO. So you tried to find a job, but you were denied and created your way, uh, more uh, successful way, I think. Uh, many people know you. So before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and tell our audience how to learn SEO fast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give you kind of the cliff notes of my story. So uh, I got into SEO in actually, this is actually 2011, 2012, and I was just figuring out ways, you know, trying to figure out ways to make money online. Found out that blogging is a good way to make money online. So the only thing I knew at the time, this is when I was going into my senior year of college, uh, was to play baseball. So, uh, so I made a baseball pitching blog, and you know that blog became the really the focus, uh, trying to grow the traffic there. And that's when I kind of stumbled upon SEO. And to put it lightly, I became obsessed with SEO. And so I, you know, built up that site, started actually making affiliate commission and actually making money from it, which was revolutionary to me because it, it basically proved that I could actually do this on my own, right? Like I could actually make money on my own. Um, and so that, that alone kind of gave me the motivation to want to keep going. Uh, and then after that, I started actually creating website after website just to really fortify and improve my SEO skills. And so I wasn't like, yeah, making money was a part of it, but also a lot of it was like, no, I just want to get better at this thing because if I get better at it, I'm going to be able to sell this to businesses. So that was kind of always my goal. Like if, if I, if I'm able to do it consistently for my own sites, I'll have the confidence to do it for other businesses who want to pay me. Uh, so that's what I ended up doing. Uh, so then 2013, I was still working a day job. I was a security guard uh, and I got laid off that job. So I was kind of left with the decision. Like, should I you know, go find a job uh, in Los Angeles or should I go to St. Louis and try to find an SEO job? So I made a decision to pack my stuff up and go to St. Louis to be with my now wife. Um, and uh, I applied for every single SEO position in St. Louis. Like when I say every single one, I applied for every single one that uh, existed. I got one response uh, and one interview and I didn't get the job. So, uh, so this is October, 2013. And I was like, well, you know, I guess I'm just going to have to do this on my own. So, so I went and I, I started trying to figure out ways to get clients. And uh, my goal was just to hit $3,000 a month. Like that was my big goal. I was like, if I can hit $3,000 a month, I'll be good to go. I'll be set. Um, fortunately, I hit that much faster than I expected. Uh, and so, you know, kind of the rest is history. So I, you know, went full all in on this idea of doing client SEO. And I did client SEO purely for up until 2016, and then in 2016, I launched Gotcha SEO Academy for the first time. Uh, we can get into that as far as learning SEO, but it's gone through many iterations and now it's kind of at a very different place now. It's better than ever, personally, in my opinion, uh, but that's kind of the story. So yeah, there's a lot of details there, but that's the high level highlights. Nice. So, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Love your story. Nathan, I see a lot of books on your background uh, and for me, books are the most loving foreman. 
I love reading books. I spend so much time by reading books. And it's interesting that I never read any books about SEO, but I love reading about marketing, about business, sales, uh, because today SEO is related to uh, marketing than ever. You know, we, today we think more about human being. And uh, when I read books like from Josh Ugerman, Seb Godin, they uh, wrote these books like many years ago, but uh, it's more related uh, to creating high quality content than ever. Because, uh, for example, Josh Ugerman uh, explained how you can create e-commerce content that people want to read, consume. And once I spoke with Jim Edwards, he worked in Business Insider 10 years. Uh, he started on this company from scratch, then company was sold for $500 million. And he told me that their success depends on creating non-boring content. Let's talk more about that. Can you tell how to create non-boring content? Because, for, for example, if I share value, if I help others, uh, looks great, but people bounce fast. Uh, we have this issue on audio podcasts, on YouTube, everywhere, because it's boring. So can you tell how to hook attention and create non-boring content? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you use the key word there as a hook, right? I think most of your time should be spent on just the hook and the headline. I mean, you know, there's a statistic that goes around that 80% of people don't read past headlines, right? And this is true. I mean, look at the way people consume news media. They read something in a headline and they think it's a fact. You know, that's just that's just the way we're kind of programmed at this point. Uh, and so you have to focus so hard on that. What's the hook? What's what's going to be that core headline? Then from there. It depends on the on the channel, right? So if it's YouTube, you know, you're you're going to be focusing on on the title and the thumbnail to get CTR, right? So that's really the most important thing initially, because without good CTR on YouTube, you're not going to be able to get the the watch duration that you need to, for that video to perform, right? So, and then on Google, uh, and actually going back to YouTube, um, one th one thing that's really helped me a ton as far as doing creating better content for Google is actually my experience with YouTube. Believe it or not. Uh, and the reason is on YouTube, you have to constantly interrupt patterns. You have to constantly be changing angles and, and making the video very interesting. There's, there are some people who can just like free flow and you can just like Joe Rogan, for example, people watch three hour Joe Rogan podcasts. There's no, there's no pattern interrupts, but like he's a unicorn, right? He's a very unique person. But for most people to make your content, not boring, you have to, you would just have to assume you're boring. Right. That's what I do my, for my content. I'm like, I'm just going to assume I'm the most boring person in the world. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to add these little things and make my content really interesting. So on YouTube in particular, I'm trying to interrupt a pattern every three to 10 seconds. So every three to 10 seconds, I'm changing an angle. I'm adding some sort of, you know, B-roll or something just to interrupt the pattern because the eye catches movement, right? So when we see movement, our, we were able to shift our focus again back to that kind of makes you focus in. So like if you had it on the side on your computer and you're like doing something, you see, oh, what was that? And so when I, and also not to get too technical on YouTube videos, but like I'll purposely do things that I'll flash it on the screen and then take it off because I want people to go back and rewind and rewatch little parts because it adds <laughs> to the, the user engagement on it, right? So just little, little things that you can do to kind of increase that. Now, the reason why that's applicable to Google is when you're creating SEO content, we've all seen it, especially now with ChatGPT and AI content, anyone can produce an article, right? That, that's not super difficult. Anyone can create a bunch of copy, but there's a difference between creating copy and then creating copy that people actually read, okay? There's a very big yeah. difference. And so you can rank all day with AI content, it certainly works, 
but there's a difference between ranking and getting someone to actually go all the way to the end of that, that asset and to say, you know what, I want to, I want to work with Nathan based on what I just read, right? Subconsciously. So it requires a different, uh, a different thing. And the way to do that is you, once again, you have to be interrupting patterns, right? You need to be, you need to be adding visuals, adding videos, using bullet points, uh, using, you know, quote blocks, like anything you can do to constantly disrupt. Uh, and also even the way that the, the copy is structured, right? You don't want to have big, huge paragraphs. No one's going to read that. <laughs> you know, no one reads a paragraph that's like 12 sentences long. Like, so most of the time, like even on my, on my blog, I'm like two sentences max. Like if I go two, that's pretty rare, right? So we're, we're looking at like two, one sentence, real short, real snappy. And the way to actually do that as far as, as far as making your, your content like that, your copywriting like that is I use Hemingway editor. So I write all my copy in Hemingway editor. So that way I'm writing very concise, uh, content. Uh, and then I run it through Grammarly as my final edit. So there's a lot you can do to make the content more interesting. Even adding video to the content makes it more interesting because you can increase the dwell time. People will watch that video while they're on the page. Then like, okay, I, I like that. And they keep reading through, right? So there's, there's a lot of things we can get into, but yeah, those are just a few things I, I'd be thinking about. So yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, awesome. Love it. Yeah, I use Hemingway. I use Grammarly. I think like daily tools. I use AI. By the way, we, we created our AI tool that can help create content for all websites pages and it's called golden button guys it's not golden button <laughs> it's just the way to create content at scale and you need to uh edit edit without editing you can't get high results and uh you know uh, for example uh in our company we created seo course uh with great experts like lily ray jeff Coyle, many others uh, uh, mike phillips uh because um we got something, you know, when customers don't understand SEO, uh, we can't get great results with them because uh, it's the same. Like if you want to lose weight, the best coach can't help you. You need to understand how to eat healthy food, drink water, many other stuff. Uh, it's the same with SEO. So SEOs can't help you to get traffic if you don't understand how SEO works. So that's why we usually send them the course, take the course, learn and we can go ahead when you understand the basic. Can you tell uh, about creating the right strategy? Because once I spoke with webmaster who lost 400,000 traffic a month, Google dropped ranking positions, a lot of mm -hmm. traffic, but he didn't lose any sales. So he got a lot of traffic, but he couldn't monetize all this traffic. And I see when webmasters open Ahrefs, SEMrush, see high volume, it, wow, a lot of traffic. I want to get it. But it doesn't mean this traffic will sell. So can you tell your methods how to create the right strategy? Yeah. Well, what, what you're describing is usually when agencies bring on a client and they want to juice traffic numbers, right? <laughs> it's a very common thing that you'll see. Yeah. So, you know, you, you get the client on, you say, okay, look at these, look at these shiny little keywords that have a lot of search volume. Uh, but the problem is if you're not, if you're not considering the intent of those keywords, then the conversions are not going to line up. So I've seen it countless times where we have a client, you know, on our discovery call, we see, they tell us like, yeah, our traffic's just been climbing, but our conversions are flat. And I'm like, yeah, yeah because you're targeting informational keywords that aren't going to convert. So what, what we do personally, as far as our campaigns, we always start at the bottom of the funnel and then we work our way up. So we build our entire strategy around those bottom of the funnel keywords, because at the end of the day, 
you're creating informational content with really the objective of supporting the bottom of the funnel keywords. At least that's the way that I think about it, right? So and it, it really does depend on the type of business. Like if your business is purely driven by just ad, ad clicks, then yeah, just getting as much traffic as possible is probably the best strategy. But if you're actually selling a product, you're actually selling something tangible, then that it's just not a wise thing to do. It's much better to focus at the bottom of the funnel, work your way up, um, and you know, if you're, if your traffic is increased, but your conversions haven't, there's a, there's an intent mismatch going on, right? You're, you're more than like, I'd say 99% of cases, the traffic is increased because you've gone after keywords that are at the top of the funnel because you're like, wow, look at the high volume. Wow. Look how low difficulty it is. Traffic can be seductive in many ways, right? Like, oh, more traffic, but you know, deep down inside, it's, it's not the best thing to do if you're selling a product. Like I'd rather target a keyword that gets 300 search volume, but is hyper, hyper focused to what I sell. Right. So, yeah. um, and I see this countless times. Like if you compare on the local level, like you have a personal injury lawyer in St. Louis that maybe gets 300 searches a month. Right. But you compare that to funny cat pictures that gets like a hundred thousand searches a month. So which one do you think is more valuable? Well, obviously the personal injury lawyer, if he gets just like two clients, it's going to, it could be worth millions of dollars. Yeah. Right. Funny cat pictures. They could capture all that traffic and maybe they'll make, I don't know, 10 bucks. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's just, there's a very big difference. Traffic is very relative. So, um, so mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's just the way I like to think about it. Mm -hmm. I want to ask more about AI because, you know, that was simple to ignore AI yesterday, hard today, impossible tomorrow. Yeah. We live in the world with AI and uh, like Bill Gates said, the era of AI uh, began. So can you tell about using AI in the right way? Because, uh, for example, I cooperate with many great authors who write for Forbes, Bloomberg, many other websites because we uh, help a lot of customers in crypto, Forex niche, and uh, we need to get high-quality text. After uh, launching ChatGPT, uh, I got a lot of generic content from great authors who uh, still publish on many recognizable websites. Uh, I cooperate uh, with some SEO experts who write uh, for search engine journal, uh, land, uh, many other websites, but they also use AI to, to create gen generic content. So we, di we discuss with them, please don't do it. Uh, let's find another way. But uh, I think it's not like we need to avoid AI. It's because I use AI like a daily tool today. And, uh, uh, but we need to use AI in the correct way. And I see when writers overuse AI. So they cre create a lot more. Can you tell how to find the balance between overuse it and using AI? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to mention that like chat GPT is much more than just words, right? It can do much more than just write, write articles, which I think is like been kind of the focus of a lot of it. Like, oh, good, great, you know, a lot of articles. Yeah, I can certainly do that. And like realistically, I've, I've been saying this to members of the Academy, but like, you know, prior to prior to AI content, even prior to ChatGPT, you know, we had using Jasper, for example. Jasper was the one I used prior to, to ChatGPT. But realistically, all that it's done is it's eliminated very lower grade content mills, right? So mm -hmm. prior to this point, you would just outsource your content to India or Philippines, and it would be like, you know, pennies on the dollar to do it. Well, AI content's even cheaper than that, like even way cheaper. Um, but yeah, and faster. 
So, uh, but the, but the thing is, is all we've done is we've just basically AI has just leveled the playing field, right? So now mm -hmm. anyone can create okay content, right? We can create, <laughs> anyone can create decent content. Um, and so I think it's good for people that maybe don't excel in writing. Like they're not, that's not what they do. They can, they can use it and they can write pretty good content. They can rank with it now as well. So I think there's a lot of value in it, but it is, it does come down to how you're prompting it and, and what you're feeding it, right? The outputs are largely just based on the inputs. So if you give a good inputs, you can get good stuff out of it, but it does lack one thing. It does lack the human element of it. And it lacks the direct response type of copywriting that you would expect that, like, for example, when you read, when you read, uh, do you know who Frank Kern is? No. Okay. So Frank Kern is like one of the most well-known direct response copywriters, like there mm -hmm. is. And um, when you read his stuff, you know, it's Frank Kern, right? Like when you read it, it just has a certain style that's just mm -hmm. in his uniqueness. Or if you read Seth Godin's stuff, it sounds just like Seth Godin. Like there, and now of course in AI, you can say, well, write it like Seth, but no, it, it does. It's not the same thing because it's, it's like telling someone to be you, right? Like yeah. you, you can't do that. So that's the advantage that like you'll have on the writing side against AI is like you can add these unique anecdotal type of things in the content, stories, case studies, things like that, that make it um, very unique, right? Because at the end of the day, the difference between AI and a human at this point is that the human can, can bring a level of uniqueness and experience that the AI just doesn't have, right? Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the distinction. And then outside of just writing, um, the coding component, the, like, in my opinion, that's the best part of the whole tool is the fact mm -hmm. that the coding is unreal. Like it's so incredible. Like I can't believe how many times I go there to, to get, to work out some sort of coding issue or work on some little script or some little tool. Like it's, it's really, really good in that regard. Um, and even creating like schema markup, right? You can go in there, you create schema markup. Um, it just does so much in that, in that regard. So you know, the, the copywriting, the coding, those are two obviously huge advantages. Uh, but the other one, which is what I've been toying with recently is taking Google's guidelines and running them through ChatGPT to grade your SEO content. So like you can take the EEAT guidelines, you can put a little snippet of your content in there and say, Hey, rate this content based on these seven criteria. And then it'll say, okay, well, it will say this content is seven out of 10 because of da, 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 da. And then you say, okay, well, how, how can I make this a 10? And it will tell you, mm -hmm. do these, you know, do these things. And usually the suggestions are pretty solid. They're not, they're, you know, depending on your level of expertise in the industry, like if you have good expertise, you, you could probably figure that out on your own, but you know, for the most part, they're pretty good suggestions. So once again, this is, I, I just view it as a tool, right? It's just a tool that makes it our job easier and it's going to eliminate a lot of jobs. That's no doubt about it, but also it's going to create a lot of new opportunities. So yeah, just the way I kind of think about it. Yeah. I think, you know, AI, it's like uh, when uh, farmers got the first com combine tractor, you know, <laughs> when right. uh, uh, the first feeling uh, was we can lose our jobs because of right. combine tractor, but they've learned how to drive this uh, vehicles. So it's the same with AI. I think we need to consider how you can adapt your skills with AI. If you don't do it, AI will not replace specialists, but people who don't adapt AI, 
yeah, uh, they can lose competition with someone who learns about AI. Uh, Nathan, I want to ask about your uh, writing style. You mentioned about uh, having style. And I found uh, it's not only simple content. When I open your uh, website, Gocha SEO, uh, your blog, I see very simple content. Uh, like uh, you use one sentence in paragraph, uh, as you mentioned. But I also uh, got some level of creativity. It's something new, interesting, not like uh, from other blogs that I can get online. Can you tell about creativity? Once, um, let me share one uh, story. Uh, Lloyd Richardson uh, published a book uh, uh, 11 years ago, and he spent 14 years to write this book. Uh, he spent some budget, marketing budget, sales budget, but uh, nobody cared about this book, just uh, random sales. Then his daughter posted content on TikTok about this book. Uh, and uh, plus 50 million people watched this video. Today, this book is bestseller on Amazon. And of course, I watched this video. Very simple. Uh, and uh, it's not like creative design, but that was creative context. Uh, and I got curiosity. Wow, this book was written like 14 years. Uh, I need to uh, read this book. Can you tell about your methods of being creative? Because a with AI, it's hard. But uh, we need this human touch. Any tips how you creative and uh, tips for others how to find their creative style? Yeah, I mean, creativity is obviously a huge topic, right? <laughs> so, yeah. um, But I mean, all I can do is give my own experience. And yeah, sure. I feel, I feel that I feel that creativity is really just the product of, of doing the work, right? You, you do the work consistently. You constantly keep trying to innovate mm -hmm. and do things differently and you come up with new ideas. Right. And so like, for me, when I'm like, honestly, when I'm writing my content, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about like all kinds of things. Like I'll, like if I just wrote like a, you know, five paragraphs and there's not a single image, I start thinking about like, okay, I start to study what I wrote and be like, okay, can I find a meme to go in here? Can I find a, like something to interrupt here? Something, some sort of unique. And, and naturally it becomes unique because uh, I'm going to look for a certain meme that's in my mind, right? It's only like, I'm the one that thought of it. Or like, for example, in the last blog post that I did, I, I'm doing this series on uh, EEAT. And I just finished the, the second E, which is expertise. Okay. I just finished the second mm -hmm. part of it. And in that one, I talk about how uh, there's this misconception that Kobe Bryant is like this, you know, the late great Kobe Bryant is this super clutch player in basketball. And LeBron James is this choke artist, right? Like he, he never does well in the, in the, you know, when it's crunch time and Kobe's always, but this is, this is all not true, right? Like objectively, LeBron is one of the most clutch players of all time. And Kobe's actually percentage wise is not the greatest. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, so the point is that like only I would have come up with that con like to even use that example, because I like basketball. I love that background of, of that. I already knew that in my mind. Like I knew that story. So that creativity is just, I'm just pulling from things that I, I just know. Right. And I'm just th trying to think through. So it's hard to conceptualize, right? Like how I come up with the ideas, but it's really just pulling from experiences and pulling from things that are, are that I'm interested in, right? Like mm -hmm. I, like if you look at my content, you're going to see a lot of the things that are my own personal interests. You're going to see me talking about basketball references. You're going to see me talking about UFC references. 
You're going to mm-hmm. see me talking about like, you know, it may be just entrepreneurial references, like I'm something from Steve Jobs or something, because that's just mm-hmm. what I, that's my thing, right? Or maybe something about being married and having kids, like that's mm-hmm. my world, right? I'm not going to show you something about something that I don't, that's not me, right? So mm-hmm. my goal, my content is like when, when someone reads it, I want them to say, this is Nathan. That's it. Yeah. Like, this is Nathan, no one else, because at the end of the day, Anyone like with chat GPT now, anyone can, anyone can create content, right? Anyone can do it. There's literally no barrier to entry anymore. So more time, (laughs) more time needs to be spent on creating the most unique content imaginable. So just to put it in perspective, like the two that I've done for this series so far, I've done one on experience and then one on expertise. It took me like 25 hours to put those together each, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's, that's, that's the level that I'll go to, to, to be unique ultimately. So, yeah. yeah. Great, great, great. Love it. Uh, Nathan, I have the question about, uh, link building. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when I started my link building campaigns many years ago, I used black hat SEO. I didn't know about any other methods and that worked well for some time then. We changed this approach because Google <laughs> updated many times these algorithms. And uh, can you tell how to find the right link building campaign? Because I see uh, many experts can share different methods. Some webmasters uh, don't use any link building and get a million traffic. I spoke with them. I check out content. It's like link worthy content. So they uh, got these links naturally. Uh, can you tell how to choose the right link building? Because we have skyscraper, I don't know, guest posting, broken link building, PR. So can you tell how to choose the right one? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you need, I don't think it needs to be black and white. Like they all work, right? Skyscraper mm-hmm. technique, which, you know, Brian Dean popularized that. But really what that means is just creating content better than your competitors, right? That's all we're trying to do. Create something that's exceptional yeah. for that keyword And because it's so much better than everything else, people might have a greater likelihood to link to it. Okay. But even then, like if you were to ask Brian, he wouldn't just say like, yeah, just create the content and then just like sit on your hands and not do anything. Like (laughs) he wouldn't say that. He would say, you have to create the content. Then you got to go out there and actually try to promote it. Right. So you have to go and and find all these prospects and like, um, and Brian is exceptional at that. Like he goes and he builds relationships and can get links very easily. He's very good at that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it always starts with content. So no matter what industry you're in, whether it's a local business or an e-commerce business or anything, you should always, your link building should always start with content because it should be the catalyst for link growth, right? Because there's no reason that a category page or a local lead generation page or a product page should be getting links, right? Like naturally that just doesn't happen. Like it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So it leaves a really nasty footprint if like 90% of your links are going to category pages or going to local, you know, like a St. Louis plumber page, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just a little off. Like the, the only time that that is even possible is if a marketing campaign was run for a product. So like uh, with Dollar Shave Club, for example, they did mm-hmm. a marketing campaign and uh, people, a lot of marketers linked to their page that had this video. Right. So in a case like that, that makes sense. But for, I'm talking like 99% of other businesses, like you should lead with content and then use that content to grow your link profile. Um, and the thing is like, it's like when you lead with content, it's the most scalable link building strategy there is at the end of the day, because there is this compound effect. And 
another thing too, which I don't think a lot of people consider is like, there's so much talk about growing overall site authority, which absolutely is a huge factor for in SEO, but you grow site authority one page at a time, right? So I've had sites where we've just focused on like, uh, my wife uh, has a blog and I went through and like, I let her do her own thing. I didn't want to like, you know, get under like, Hey, no, this is like, I just wanted her to like experience her own mm -hmm. stuff. So, um, but eventually she came and she's like, can you help me a little bit with the traffic? So I was like, all right. So of course I went through and we just eradicated so much content and consolidated. But one thing I did is I took a bunch of her blog posts and I consolidated into one like monstrosity of an asset, like really an awesome piece of content. Uh, and then I just used that one piece of content to draw to be my catalyst for link building. So I drove like 90% of our links just to this one blog post. It lifted the whole site. The whole site now ranks for all kinds of keywords on all the ones we're going after because just that one page is just lifting the whole site. So I think sometimes we get so obsessed, like we need to build links to every single page. And, and like, that's partially true because it doesn't look good when like there's a lot of pages without links, right? It's not exactly mm -hmm. the best look. But as far as like getting early traction, you can get a lot of traction by by focusing in on content. So, and then as far as the tactics go, yeah, resource page link building, broken link building, guest posting, niche edits, they all work, right? They all work. It's just a matter of how you actually go about doing it. Um, and usually people are way too aggressive with anchor text, right? They're way too aggressive, way too uh, intense with that. So I'm, I'm much more conservative on that end. Um, and I, I like my method with anchor text usually is to think about it as a reference. Uh, so like if I'm linking to a page, I'll try to find a, a piece of data on that page. So it's like 96% of SEOs wake up at 6am. Okay. Maybe that's in the, the page that I'm linking to. Well, what I'll do on, when I link to that page is I'll just, that will be the anchor text, like 96%. And I'll link to that page. Cause what I'm doing is I want to look like a reference, right? I'm referencing that page. I'm not building links. That's the reference, right? That's the citation. So just a slight switch. And this isn't to say I'll still use keyword rich anchor text when I feel I need to, but it's just more blended into a natural anchor text profile. So we can get into mm -hmm. that if you want, but that's just some higher level stuff. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, valuable. Uh, I'm interested about this metrics. You mentioned domain authority. Uh, it's most metric. Uh, HRFs has domain rating. Uh, and uh, I've... I found that some SEO experts uh, don't believe to this metrics. Google denies uh, considering this metric. Uh, right. Some experts can ignore and they get results because uh, implementing something that works for them, that's okay. So, uh, and uh, I, I want to know about uh, do follow and no follow. It's interesting. You know, we use a lot of PR. We use press releases, PR, help of reporters out. And uh, sometimes we get awesome backlinks from New York Times, Forbes, and all of them no follow. When you send clients, they tell, wow, I need to follow links. What? <laughs> New York Times, you know how it's right. hard to get this backlink. Uh, I don't know. It's You can spend a lot of time trying to get this backlink. Right. Who cares about no follow or do follow? What do you think? How it's important to consider this metrics do follow, no follow? Because users don't know about them. And what do you think about Google? Yeah, I mean, as far as like third-party metrics, you know, DR with Ahrefs or Authority Score with Semrush mm -hmm. or DA with Moz, like everyone else is absolutely right. They don't technically Google doesn't yeah. use those, right? They don't. Google doesn't care. 
but what they do is they just make it easier for us to get a gauge of where authority is, right? Because we, mm-hmm. we don't have any other option. I mean, you could use Google Search Console and try to like piece that together, but realistically, like these tools have just made it easier for us to get a, a broader idea of like, how many links does this website have and what's the quality of those links, basically. Um, and statistically, like a site that has more high quality links typically is stronger, right? It's just the way it is. It doesn't matter what you call it. It just means that the site is stronger because it has more links usually. Um, mm-hmm. Now, as far as like the no followers do fall to the, I mean, do follow links are, should be valued higher, right? They definitely should. But like the problem is like when some companies get so obsessed with the link building side of SEO, they forget that earned media is still a good thing. So getting earned media on New York Times or on Huffington Post yeah, it's no follow, but that's earned media. Like that's really, really valuable for your brand. And even though it's no follow, Google still knows that like based on their link profile, they don't link out to that many, you know, sites, right? And the sites that they link out to are good sites. Therefore, if they linked out to you, there's something there, right? So um, it's like Wikipedia too. Like if, if you have a Wikipedia page, it certainly helps you get that knowledge panel, right? It's all no follow. So you know, it shouldn't matter technically, but it clearly matters in Google's algorithm. So, um, so, but like, if you're, if you're building links for a client, uh, like 90% of them should be do follow. Like, so just because it's, it's just a hard conversation to have ultimately. So I'd rather just be like, here's do follow links. I don't want to try to have to debate them about the effectiveness of no follow ultimately. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay, uh, let's talk about mistakes. You know, in my life, I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them, you know, but I don't know Same. another way how to learn. You know, as, as, uh, we always start from generic strategies, best practices. Then we fail, go ahead to learn how to do better. So can you list mistakes that webmasters still do and your tips how to find a much better way? Mistakes as far as SEO? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, I've made <laughs> where we could be here all day with the mistakes I've made, but uh, yeah, I mean, as far as SEO, as far as entrepreneurship business, like the list goes on and on, but like, I wouldn't take any of those mistakes back. Like mm-hmm. none of them. Like I I'm so grateful for every mistake that I've made because it's, it's been building blocks every single time. So like I can think of many, I mean, the most obvious one was like 2015 or so uh, when I was heavy into gray hat SEO, like heavy. I was private blog networks. Like I did the whole thing. I'd have all these separate sites and they'd be on separate hosting. And I had this big sheet where I managed all these hundreds of websites. It was crazy. Uh, but what I did was I would link to my client sites and I would use a lot of the same private blog network sites to link to them. And I thought I was so slick. I'm like, yeah, I got this. Uh, no footprint. Uh, and I actually did. Like, I, I, they weren't on the same IPs. Like, I did all the due diligence. I blocked HREFs. I blocked, like, the, no one knew that was going on. Um, but the problem was that I left a footprint as far as who I was linking out to, right? So I kept linking out kind of the same websites. And it just didn't make sense. And also, the problem with private blog networks, which is their greatest flaw, is that those websites have no traffic, right? Yeah. So you you have this situation where you have you know 20, 30 websites linking to you that have no traffic. There's also a footprint of other sites on that network. 
So the point is, is that what happened is I, that footprint was so big that I got manual actions against all of my client sites. And so all my client, not all of them, but like most of them got manual actions. So I literally woke up one day and I was like, manual action, manual action, man, like in my inbox. And I was like, oh man, this is not going to be a good day. <laughs> um, so, uh, so then what I did immediately is I just, I was like, well, I got to take care of this. So I went through, took out all the links, cleaned it all up, got rid of all the artificial link building. I got all the manual actions removed from my clients, which is like a miracle. Still to this day, I look back and I'm like, I don't know how that even happened. I got them all removed. Everything was fine. I didn't lose a single client. But the, the reason why that was so important is because I was like, I'm never doing this again. Like I was like, I'm just yeah. never going to play this manipulation game again. Um, and that was really all I knew it like up to that point, it was like, I knew that content was important. I, I valued it a lot, but like on the link building side, it was pure manipulation. Like it's all I thought about just like that's the path of least resistance to get links. Right. Um, and so at that, once that happened, I just made a decision like, no, I'm going to be very content centric and I'm going to get links, high, better links. I'm going to get editorial links. Right. So, um, so yeah, that was, I would say out of all the mistakes I've made in my SEO career, that one was definitely up there. Uh, and then there's always like, there's millions of micro mistakes that I make all the time. Right. Um, nice. But, uh, yeah. but that's a, that's a big one. So definitely a big learning experience. Yeah. I love this story. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Uh, I, I can't imagine if I get this emails <laughs> now that all your clients uh, have this many lectures. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I thought I was, I thought I was going to have to pack my bags and just close up the business. Cause I was like, this is it. This is it. So uh, yeah. but fortunately it worked out. So nice. Nice. Okay. Nathan, uh, I have the question about students in my network who are looking for ways how to learn from scratch. Let's imagine if you, uh, started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, uh, According to data that we have today, according to modern SEO, about high quality, white hat SEO. So what would you do today to learn more about SEO? Yeah, I mean, I would I would get as little base knowledge as possible. That's mm -hmm. the first thing I would do. Get as little base knowledge. Uh, so just know the basics. Keyword research, uh, content creation from an SEO perspective on-page SEO, a little bit of technical SEO, don't need to go super deep into that world, a little bit of local SEO, and then some link building. Just kind of go very broad onto those topics because what you don't want to do is you don't want to start to just be, be consuming, consume, 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 because as we know, as SEOs, the magic happens when you do the work, right? When you do something yeah. and you see the result, you're like, whoa, that worked or whoa, that did not work at all, right? <laughs> and that's the beauty of our craft is like, we can do things and we can see a quantifiable outcome from those, those actions. It's hard to always like assign what caused particular things like correlation isn't causation, but still, you know, usually the, the, the culmination of the work that you're doing leads to certain outcomes. And so that's why it's so important. Like don't get, don't get dragged down by just learning, trying to learn too much because what you have to do is once you got your base knowledge, immediately create, create a website, like create a, like whether it's a niche site or an affiliate site, whatever you want to be, just create something because when you have skin in the game and you actually pay for a domain and you pay for hosting and you, and you're actually responsible for this little, this little entity, you're going to treat it differently. You're going to want 
it to succeed. And also more importantly, it becomes your testing breeding ground. So you can do whatever you want to this thing. You can treat it as well or as poorly as you want this, this little website, because the goal is simply to learn SEO, right? And if it ends up making money, awesome. If it doesn't, you can make another one, right? <laughs> so yeah. the, like the investment, the, the risk to reward ratio is so low. Like at this point, like a domain is 12 bucks a year. Hosting can be as low as like three bucks a month, right? Like we're not talking like a huge investment that's going to destroy your life. Like we're talking a tiny little investment to learn something that could be so incredibly lucrative over the long term. So, so you learn the base knowledge, you create a site where you can be your test site, your experimental site. And then what you do is as you're going through that site, every time you get into a hurdle, go back and, and, and overcome that hurdle. That's when you do your, your additional deep dive learning, right? This is what a, this is the difference between uh, just in case learning versus just in time learning. Right. So just in case learning is the way we learn in school. Right here. We're going to teach you about the planets. OK, that's great. Uh, but like, what is that going to do for me ultimately in this current experience here? <laughs> You're going to learn about philosophy. OK, that's good. But I don't know what that I'm going to do with that, really. So it's, it's just in case, like at some point it's in your head. You might use it. You might not. More than likely you won't. Right. And really the purpose of school is just to teach you how to learn ultimately that's really yeah. what it's the purpose but just in time learning is very different just in time learning is how every entrepreneur should learn i think personally because you you take action you hit a hurdle you seek out the information to overcome that hurdle and then you keep going right instead of being like i need to study the whole field of seo for 10 years and then i can finally create a website like we all know guys who literally like they they may not be the most like book savvy SEO guys, they may not know all the stuff, but like they get huge traffic numbers. Right. And then you also know these other guys who know everything about SEO, yeah. every nook and cranny, they'll tell you every patent, every theory. And then it's like, well, show me your traffic. And they're like, well, you know, I don't, and they don't know what to say. Right. So it's, it's just funny because in, in entrepreneurship, it's all about action, take action, learn, take action, learn. And that's it. So that's why I think using this kind of methodology is so much better. I teach this in my training, which is ironic because I have a training program. And of course, I would mm -hmm. want people to go through the whole program. But I know the way that they'll succeed is go through one little part. So like I have a keyword research part in the training. Like I want them to just do this one part and then ignore the rest of the training until you get this one part squared away. Once you've got that squared away, okay, now you can move into doing an SEO audit. But like don't even think about an audit until you got keyword research squared away. Right. So, and like, how do you learn keyword research? You don't read a blog post. You, you, you can read a blog post, but then you need to actually build a keyword database. Like you need to go and actually do that. Yeah. So, um, so it's, it's really this compound effect of, of learn a little thing, take action, learn from that action, go back to the drawing board and repeat that over and over. Um, and then obviously there's other things like right now you're, you know, you interview, other people and you learn from them. That's a great thing. Learning from other people who have experience is a beautiful thing. Like you can, you can really get ahead fast. Like I, I can think of so many times where in my entrepreneurial experience where I was so stubborn that I would just like try to figure something out on my own. And then, you know, like for example, with Facebook ads for a long time, I tried to figure Facebook ads out on my own for a long time. It was like three years. I was like, I'm just going to keep trying and trying. 
And eventually I was like, you know what? I'm just going to look for someone who's really good at Facebook ads. So literally I found this guy um, and got his help. And within a month I had profitable campaigns. And I was like, what have I been doing this whole time? Like, why did I not just, but like, it's important to, to do that because you realize like you, if you want to get somewhere, just go to the person that's already been there. It's that simple. Like it's really that simple. So there's a lot of different ways to learn. And, um, one of the other ones too, which is, I will call it my little secret, um, is teaching, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. When you, when you must teach something, you really learn to understand it at a deep level. So, you know, that's kind of like the last phase. Like once you've gotten a lot of results, then begin to teach it to other people. But like, I do this all the time. Like when I read a book, I'll, I'll like go and talk to my wife and like, I just like, I'll talk to her about the book. She doesn't mm-hmm. really realize what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. Cause I'm trying to like, you know, kind of solidify it in my mind. She's like, Oh, cool. Like, yeah, I'm <laughs> going to go back on my phone. So, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's just, there's, there's a lot we can get into, but that that's kind of what the process would look like. Yeah, so valuable, so valuable. You remind me Neil Patel. Uh, he told me he doesn't read SEO news because he prefers to act, you know, to do something, to practice. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. It's like to read a hundred books, how to play soccer. Cristiano <laughs> right. Ronaldo prefers to hit the ball t- <laughs> ten thousand times a day than to read right. a book, how to play soccer. Yeah, it's the same in SEO because people have short memory. We can forget for a few days about new skills. I can forget for a few hours. Just give me new skills. I can forget. But when you practice, when you implement, when you share and teach others on social media, yeah, you can go ahead. You can memorize much better and test something that actually will work for you. Love it. Love it. Awesome. Nathan, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. Tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you. And uh, please share some benefits of getting your uh, SEO Academy uh, on uh, SEO. So any benefits what people can get by taking your course, your academy and any other tips? Right. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can find me YouTube, Gotcha SEO or go to mm-hmm. uh, gotchaseo.com. I've, I create blog content pretty infrequently, but when I do create it, it's, I, I do my best to try to deliver as much value as possible. Uh, but as far as Gotcha SEO Academy goes, like I'm not going to pitch it super hard here, but it's very unique in regards to mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, we have the training, you can actually go through the training step. And this is the exact, the exact process that I use for every campaign, right? So this isn't just some like fluffy, you know, like what is a keyword or what is a, no, it's like, here are the SOPs. Here's the exact templates that I use. Here's the exact system that I use for all my clients. But what makes our program really unique is actually on every Tuesday and Thursday, I actually get on the group coaching call. So we have around 30 people roughly on every call. Um, and I literally just help people. I've done, I think I'm getting close to like 200 of these calls where I, every, you know, I, every Tuesday and Thursday I jump on and uh, some people come with a, a keyword that they want to rank. And I kind of walk them through like, Oh yeah, do this, do that. Uh, other times just open Q and a for the client campaigns that they're working on or the sites that they're working on. So um there is no other program like that as far as I know. There's no other program where the expert actually shows up every Tuesday and Thursday. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of that because it's it's quite the commitment, but uh, it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. It helps the students so much more that they they can rely, you know, they can rely on me when they're going through the program and they have a question, they can actually go and get an answer, right? And uh, I don't know about you, I've been through a lot of this, or a lot a lot of courses in general where like you sign up for the course and you're you're on your own. 
right? Like this is, <laughs> here you go. Here's your course. Good luck. Uh, and then, you know, they just move on with their lives and that's not the way I'm really treating this. So, um, very different. Nice. Nice. Love it. Love it. Okay, guys, you can find the links, uh, to Gotcha SEO, uh, to YouTube channel, to website, to LinkedIn profile in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Love it. You. So valuable guys. You need to open website because it's simple to consume. It's really simple. Uh, just open. Check out very simple and very valuable. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.